Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 at the exact moment that daniel prophesied it would happen here comes jesus riding in to jerusalem to declare himself present himself as the messiah and immediately the multitudes of people the common people the disciples those who'd been following the word disciple means someone who follows those who had been following jesus and had seen miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle when he comes riding in upon this colt they're waving palm branches and they're worshiping and praising god they just so happen to be worshiping and praising god out of a text from uh, Psalm chapter 118. This is known as the great Hallel. Listen to this. Psalm 118 verses 25 through 27. Save us, we pray, O God. Or Hosanna. Hosanna. Pray, save us. Save us, we pray. Give us success. Verse 26. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus is here. Our Savior has arrived and they're waving palm branches welcoming their king because they've seen with their own eyes what was happening. Their response was a response of praise. Now, the religious leaders, those who hadn't necessarily been following with the heart seeking after truth, those who despised Jesus for taking their own authority away, the scribes and the Pharisees, they see what's happening and they understand this quotation from Psalm 118 to be a messianic psalm. And they say, Jesus, you need to rebuke your followers because that psalm is reserved for the Messiah and we don't believe you are the Messiah. This is what they're saying. This is evidence that the Jewish faith, the Jewish religious leaders, they rejected Jesus as the Messiah. Though the multitudes were rejoicing and worshiping, the religious leaders of the day rejected him as Christ. Jesus' response, how can I silence these followers? Even if I were to silence these followers, even the very stones themselves would cry out in praise and in adoration and in worship because they would recognize that their Messiah has come. See, the scripture says that even creation itself groans. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 8. For creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected in futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the glory of the children, or for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. That at the fall of man in the garden when man fell, 
and, and part, was a partaker of the forbidden fruit, all of creation fell with man. And here it says that creation is groaning, desiring the day that the redemption would come. The stones will indeed cry out. So Jesus comes in, the presentation of Messiah. He comes in and they break forth in song. They break forth in messianic praise, referencing Psalm 118. They're recognizing this is the one who God has sent to be our rescuer, our deliverer, our savior, our Messiah. Just less than a week later, their tune has changed. But what I want you to see is that at the crucifixion, there's praise. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 27. At this point, Jesus has been forsaken by everyone in his life. The disciples are gone. The disciples have denied him. There is no one to follow him to the cross. He's been beaten with fists. His beard has been plucked. He's been whipped 39 times across the back. A a beam has been strapped to his shoulders. He's been forced to carry it to a mountain called Calvary. A mountain called Calvary. A Mount Calvary. And there he is. And he hangs suspended upon a cross. And he's being mocked. And they place a sign above his head. Here's Jesus, the king of the Jews. And they look up at Jesus at the cross and they say, Oh, you, you, you can save others, but you can't save yourself? If you are the Son of God, why don't you come down off that cross? If you are who you say you are, you, if, if you'll just come down off the cross, then we'll believe you are who you say you are. And they roll dice to see who's going to get his clothing. They gamble over his clothing. They mock, they spit, they jeer. Then something happens. The earth goes dark. This is interesting. It's as if creation knows something is happening right now. Jesus on that cross, he cries out to God in this darkness, My God, my God, why have you left me alone? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then the scripture says, He cries out with a loud voice, To tell us, die, it is finished. I've paid the price. And then the worship, then the praise takes place. Though he's, he's abandoned by all of his loved ones, there's no one there to cheer him on. There's no one there to lend their support. Yet he said, didn't he not, did he not at Palm Sunday, didn't he say, if these would keep silent, even the stones would cry out? Something happens. Jesus gives up his spirit upon the cross. He cries out, it is finished. This is what it says. Look at, read with me, Matthew chapter 27, verse 51. When he cries out this loud cry to Telestai, he yields up his spirit. Verse 51, behold, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split and the tombs were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of their tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and they appeared to many. Now think about this just for a moment. There was no one there to give praise as Jesus gave his life in redemption for man. So what happens? The rocks cry out. The earth shakes. The stones are split. The graves are open. There's not a living soul to give praise to Jesus at the cross. So literally people are risen from the, the graves are open and the dead give him praise. Because he deserves the praise. He's worthy of the praise. And if there isn't a living soul to give him praise, he will receive the praise from the stones and the dead. 
The proper response to crucifixion is praise. We follow this train of praise throughout the scripture and it brings us to Revelation chapter 5. Turn there with me. Because you'll see praise at redemption. Yes, the cross was redemption of man, but now there's going to be a redemption of the earth that's going to take place here in Revelation chapter 5. And again, by way of backdrop, understand what's going on here. The church has already been raptured. The church has been taken into glory, Revelation chapter 4. God is now preparing to pour out his wrath. And as that takes place, the earth must be redeemed. And so John has this vision in heaven. And read with me John's vision now, Revelation chapter 5. Then I saw the, in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll, written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Now pause there for a moment. During these days, you have to understand there weren't things like what we have in our hands right now. There were no written books like this. If, if you had a legal document, if you had a deed, if you had a contract, it was written on a scroll. And that scroll would be wound up, and the, the details of the scroll were on the inside, and a summary would be written on the outside of the scroll. And the witnesses who were witness to this binding contract, this legal document, they would seal this scroll as evidence that I witnessed this agreement. So this scroll is sealed seven times. This contract is sealed seven times. Some people believe that this, this seal is maybe a will or testament. Others believe that this is a title deed to the earth. A deed, a, a legal contract, right? You have a title deed for your home stating that you own that home. Well, this title deed now, there's, there's in his hand, the person seated upon the throne, there's the title deed to the earth. Right? And it's sealed seven times. Look at what happens here, verse 2. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seals? You see this, this deed, the details written on the inside, the debts would be written, written upon the outside of the scroll. And every time a debt would be fulfilled, another seal would be broken, and you'd unwind a portion of the scroll. You could read the next debt. Are you following me? So here the angel says, who is able to pay the debt to redeem this deed? Why, why would there be a, a deed that is in question? See, in Genesis chapter 1, God had given dominion to man over the earth. This is what it says, Genesis 1.28. God blessed them, speaking of man, and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The word dominion means rule. I, I want you to rule. I want you to manage this. I'm giving you the, the ability to govern this creation. God gives the deed to the earth to man at creation. But at the fall, that deed was forfeited to Satan. This is why the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, in their, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel. There's a God of this world. There's someone who has this deed, right? Jesus himself said this, now this is judgment in the world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out, speaking of Satan, Ephesians chapter 2, and you were dead in your trespasses and in sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. That Satan is like a pied piper. He's playing his tune and all of man is following behind under the spell of sin. 
right? That the deed was forfeited over to Satan. There's many people who say, if, if God is so good, then why is there so much suffering in the world? If God is light, then why is there so much darkness? If God is love, then why is there so much hatred? The reason is because this world right now is under the control of Satan. That is all his doing. The suffering, the disease, the sickness, the death, the broken relationships, that's, that's got Satan's fingerprints all over it. That's not God's doing. And so the angel here is saying, there's a, there's a scroll, there's a deed that is in question. Who is worthy to go and to redeem that property? Who can go buy back the land that was forfeited. There's a debt that is on that property and the only way for that land to be released is for someone to be worthy enough to loose the scroll and to loose its seals. Is there anyone in the midst who can redeem the earth? Look at what happens here, verse three. John looks around and he says, no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to even look at it. There was no one. There was no one who could redeem what was lost. There was no one who could cleanse what was, what was dirty. There was no one who could make right what was wrong. There was no one. And, and so this, look at what happens in John, verse four. I began to weep loudly, literally convulsing and, and weeping. He was, he was uncontrollable. He was weeping because he understood there's no hope. There's no one who can make right what was wrong. There's no one who is worthy to take that scroll and to loose its seals, to break the debt, to pay the debt. I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it, verse five. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and loose its seven seals. Verse 6, and between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders I saw a lamb standing. Think about this for a moment. In heaven, heaven will be perfect except for the scars of Jesus. He sees a lamb. There's a lion, but then it's like a lamb standing there in the midst. You can still see the pierced hands, the thorn-pierced brow. You can see the, the pierced side. There's a lamb standing as though he'd been slain. In the scripture, doesn't it say that Jesus is our Passover lamb? Doesn't the scripture say, John the Baptist said, Behold the lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world? There's a lamb standing as though he'd been slain with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated upon the throne. And when he'd taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp with golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. And they said, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your body you've ransomed for a people from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you've made them a kingdom of priests to our God, and they shall reign upon the earth. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne the living creatures and the elders and the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads, thousands upon thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea 
And all that was in them saying, to him who sits on the throne, to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders, they fell down on their faces and they worshiped. John's heartbroken. There's no one who can redeem the earth. There's no one who can make this right. And one of the elders says, don't fret. Look, behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. He's prevailed. He's gained victory. He can loose the scroll and loose its seals. And John looks and he sees a lamb as though he'd been slain. And he walks right up to that throne and he takes the scroll from the hand of him who sits on the throne and he brings that back. And what happens? There's an eruption of praise. Why? Because there is someone who can redeem what was lost. And all of creation and all of the angelic hosts and the the 24 elders which represent Israel and the church, everyone joins in this core of praise. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. The proper response is that of praise. And so he takes that scroll and he brings the scroll and he begins to break those seals. He begins to break those debts one at a time. And you can read this later on again because of time. We're not going to read it all, although you know I'd really like to. Revelation 6 and 7, you can read about how these seven seals are going to be broken. And as these seven seals are broken, redemption coming upon the earth, right? But here's what I want you to see. First seal, there's this pale horse that comes forth. It symbolizes the Antichrist. So these seals begin to be broken. The first seal, the Antichrist comes upon the scene. The second seal, there's a black horse which brings with it war. A third seal is broken and there's a red horse and this red horse brings with it famine, there's, uh, imagine the, the type of famine, one day's wage, just enough to buy a loaf of bread. That's the worldwide economic collapse. That's the famine that will take place there. So you've got a white horse, or uh, you've got a white horse, you've got a red horse, you've got a black horse. So it goes white, red, the black horse is famine, and finally you have a pale horse, or some versions say green horse. And this green horse, this pale horse, is disease, fourth seal broken, disease. And by this disease, a quarter of the world's population dies. Now, again, the earth is being redeemed. Redemption is coming to the earth. But think about this just for a moment. Because I'm not saying that we're in the midst of this. I believe the church is already gone by the time this seal is broken. By the time this this calamity takes forth. By the time the Antichrist is revealed and war breaks out and people are starving. And then there's this, this disease that wipes out a quarter of the population. But I want you to hear this today. That God is preparing us for what is to come. And if nothing else, when we look around what's happening in our world today, we can recognize how easy this is going to be to take place. You you read that and you think, a quarter of the world's population, there's 8 billion people. That means 2 billion people are going to die from this plague? Yes. Two billion people will die from this plague. And I believe God in his grace has sent us this particular pandemic to say, wake up. This is a warning shot that God has fired across the bow saying, you need to wake up, church. 
You need to prepare yourself because the coming of the Lord is at hand and you may not be ready. Four seals. The fifth seal is broken and the martyrs cry out from underneath the, thro- or underneath the altar. The sixth seal is broken and the earth shakes and the sun is darkened and the moon turns to blood and stars fall from the sky and people begin to run and to hide in the mountains because they're so afraid of what's coming. And then comes this moment when the seventh seal is broken. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 8. At the pronunciation, there was praise. At the incarnation, there was praise. At the presentation, there was praise. At the crucifixion, there was praise. At the redemption, there was praise. And now God is ready. He's going to pour out his ultimate indignation, his wrath upon the world, and there's silence. Revelation chapter 8. When the land opened the seventh seal there was silence in heaven for about half an hour it's as though everyone stopped and in fear and in trembling and in awe they look down at what has just happened and they understand the calamities that come behind this seal being broken. There are seven trumpets that will be blasted. Meteor showers and the world's water supply turn to blood. Just terrible things are going to take place and we don't have time to go through all of them. But when this seal is broken, the seventh seal, and God is saying, okay, now I'm going to pour out the wrath of the Lamb. And these trumpets are blowing. They're going to be blown. There's silence in heaven and they just pause And they cannot believe what's coming. The reason why this is so important for you today, my friends, is because you have opportunity to give praise today. Today. And you can choose to join in the praise and the worship and the adoration of Jesus today, you can bring those gifts and pour them out before his feet. You can fall on your face like the wise men, like the shepherds. You can fall on your face before the Lord like the woman who, who is a sinner, who is probably a prostitute. You can bring all that you have and you can choose to pour it out and you can choose to join the chorus of praise today or you can wait for tomorrow and be met with a deafening silence. And at that point, it is too late. You can't praise at that point. You can't go back. All you have is today. I can't tell you for certain what will happen tomorrow, but I do know what's coming. And to Jesus has been given a name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. I know that that is coming. Why not make it today? Why not come and meet with the Lord with praise today rather than chance that deafening silence? Imagine what they must have seen, what they must have known. He breaks that seventh. There's worship, there's praise, there's adoration breaking forth in heaven and then that seventh seal is broken and it's just a hush. The hush of heaven all across the room. 
there isn't a peep. And everyone's just waiting to see the wrath that will come. My friend, you can be spared that wrath if you choose today to come to God with your praise, to come to Jesus with your praise. The baby that was born in a manger wrapped in the swaddling cloths, wrapped in the grave clothes, who grew up as a man and went to a cross and was once again taken down from that cross and wrapped in grave clothes. The blessing of this story is that the grave clothes couldn't hold him when he was a baby and the grave clothes couldn't hold him when he was in a tomb. Because my Jesus... Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro. Or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Raleigh, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app. Or when you text CCCIV app to 77977.